0: Good afternoon. Today we are with artist Tian Wei. Thank you very much for having us at uh, October Gallery. This is your second
1: exposition. In October, yeah. The first one was four and a half years ago. I thought it was two, they told me no, four and a half.
0: (laughs) So welcome back then. Thank you. Tell me more about uh, this exposition, please.
1: use the Chinese essence from a Chinese, very old Chinese calligraphy practice to transform them with English writing or Spanish or Italian, basically other languages.
0: So what does it look like, the old uh, Chinese uh, calligraphy, if you can describe uh, to us?
1: It's very difficult to describe something on the song, but I will try. People in terms of of the art form, they consider calligraphy is the highest uh, art form to practice. The reason for this is first of all, Chinese letters itself have these uh, ideographic meanings in the very beginning. So when people invent these characters, they basically it's like they absorb lots of nature influence. The, all the all the you know, morality, all the philosophical beliefs, that build-up this uh, character system have this very strong ideographic, uh, this meaning. So that's the basics. Secondly, you know with years' development, they slowly form this uh, art practice art forms. And uh, they have a thousand years collections. They have many, many art theories behind. For instance, if you uh, learn Chinese calligraphy, you're making a dust or you're making a line, horizontal or vertical line. It's not just simply making. You have these acidic patterns. You have uh, many arti- artistic theories support how to do different dots different line which have a life itself is not just simple a line there it's very different
0: so what are you um, trying to convey through uh, this artwork
1: around 15 years ago i try to find my own language my own voice because i believe as individual artist the one of the most important thing Whole life practice is can you innovate some art form which nobody else done before so this is my goal and i try to follow this direction to looking for my own language just happened i grew up from uh, xian which is very old ancient city in china and also xian was capital of china for a thousand years so in terms of culture basis, Xi'an was very rich and uh, very strong. They have, a, you know, the top, best artist in China from Xi'an. And uh, I grew up from one of the unique museums of calligraphy museums They're called Forest Steles. I grew up from there. So I spent a lot of time to practice calligraphy when I was very, very young. And uh, somehow this training was into my blood. I can't forget it. When I'm looking for new language for myself in terms of doing contemporary art and this part of history I've experienced, you know, just uh, naturally somehow come out and combine this idea.
0: You've been influenced also by uh, Russian art, Russian colors that we can see in your artwork like you use a lot of uh, tonic.
1: Close. I went to United States in nineteen eighty six, exactly when I was thirty one years old. And I learned contemporary art from University of Hawaii art department. I received my masters in nineteen ninety. So when you're talking about all this uh, colour, all these brush jokes, this is you know American abstract expression influence. obviously yes, because that part was my most favorite in terms of, term of American art history. I was really deeply touched by this, you know, 50s, 60s abstract expressionism work. And I think when you're talking about the color, I also have to combine recently my personal philosophic approach because I felt Everything around us is too complicated, I want a simple, so I'm looking for simplicity. So when I go to one color only, that's extreme I can go with one painting, pure or just one color. That's the reason I come out with one color paintings.
0: There's one uh, piece of work, it's called uh, The Moon, and it's blue.
1: It's kind of a green blue, but that color when we're talking about the color, it's like a, I discovered them seven, eight years ago. You know, I love the shininess, it's like a car, so I love this kind of you know industry flavor reflect the day's life. I love them very much, but I had some technical problem to use them. It's just uh, hopeless. Then I tried contact with the factory, asked them do the special ones for me. We tried all the way. They said, no, we, we have to give up. Until a year before, I found a way to deal with them actually perfectly. So that's why I started to use this type of color to do what you saw today.
0: So tell but, us, uh, how did you find a way to?
1: Uh... Oh, <laughs> it's very simple. my kind of conversation with the manager of the factory. He told me, he said, wait, you know, this color is very expensive. Some artists use them, they don't like you. you use, you know, lots of very thick paints, just do it in the canvas. They just, uh, in the surface, they just wear surface, they spray them, so he somehow, he inspired me. I think that's the way to try them. So basically, I do all the white colors, then I spray on the top, then you become one color. Because mm-hmm.
0: so. this is v- so beautiful, it's very, very beautiful. When we walk across the, the room and we can see different pieces of work, the colors—it's—it's it's like it's a, an invitation. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, I the, the the painting itself basically you saw them. You they have a two part, kind of you know glued together. One part is this very old the way of traditional Chinese calligraphy which I particularly interested in because I call them Chinese of Chinese abstraction. It's not American abstract expression. Because the way we were trained by using brush, by moving brush, by the way the shapes of each dust, each line, by the construction, by the entire composition, you know, the structure, all these parts. We have a thousand years of aesthetic theories behind. They want them. They, sh- they want the entire structure. They want each individual does line. Have this dynamic force. They have this. Uh, have basically have a life. They have this, uh, They have this. Uh, uh, this 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 uh, nature influence relationship reflection. They highly you know respect this. So I was I basically I reconstructed two main issues from the old Chinese calligraphy. One is, is what I explained to you, this ideographic meanings. So the other one is the Chinese abstraction, because with the brass the grass style I abstract them, reconstruct them what I call them, Chineseness of this abstraction. The other part of the painting, I combine them is background. In the background, I use one line I picked up from, it's Taiji picture, Taiji design. The interesting part about this line is they're both end infinity. One end goes to, you know, infinitive small, the other one goes to infinitive gray. So I duplicate this line 360 times. So cover entire canvas. Then instead of the insert line, I insert the calligraphy contents related either an article or a paragraph or just single words. And in this case, I will reflect the relationship between calligraphy and literature and philosophy. So when you see the image, I want the viewer to see an image which I created, is you can show the simplicity, one color, and the complicity, the patterns, the data information, the background, in the same second. Itself is a philosophical issue. So I want to create this image. In the meantime, beside this, you know, the visual, Image also have this conceptual or philosophical issue, this information to send out.
0: You have a piece of work. Money makes the world go round. Can you tell me more about it?
1: Okay, that particular piece is reflection of my early life, early eighties. Honolulu. I went to U.S. from China and uh, one side I was student I don't have any financial support yeah of course I got a scholarship got a teaching job all this thing but it's very basic cover up one side financial pressures were big the other side somehow I realized I probably the only one student in the entire school who don't have any idea about what is money. And who also was very influenced by all the Chinese scholar type. Money is something very commercial, it's dirty, it's not good for scholar. If you become a real scholar, you will not pay attention to money at all. This type of you know education. So it's very contradiction. One side you're starving, one side you don't want to think about money, talk about money, because that was very, not classic. For this awkward, I kept from you for quite a while. Until today, you know, I realize it's, uh, I cannot see the stupid, but it's very complicated and interest phenomena, and experience with me. So what I did is I choose purposely choose a Chinese school hand score i made this format with the hand score i wrote where all translation from chinese idiom to english money makes the world go around and uh, when i'm doing the sculpture i also purposely let each individual letter fly into the space they're dancing they're mixed together you know because you have this yin and yang issue Yin issue you have you know Curved on this matter part, money mix or on the young part, you have this later, have a life flying, dancing space. So, and also, I mean, obviously, I made them golden colors. It's just that part of life resp- reflection.
0: So do you think that um, people are becoming more and more um, into like they, they just want to be? Rich, everyone wants to be rich very fast and they will use all means to get to that point even though it can be detrimental.
1: Rich and famous have nothing wrong. I think it's a motivation for most of people, including myself. I still believe this is very positive, nothing wrong. but everything you have to have a limit. You have to have what you call the bottom line. You have to balance them. You can't over. So for me today, I think I will see them more clear and I balance much better compared with when I was young. I have other issues. I believe it's more important than so-called rich and famous.
0: So, you studied in America, and then you went back to uh, Beijing.
1: Yeah, I went to, you know, I went to States 86, then I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated, got my master, 1990, then I set up a down in L.A., and last 15 years or so, I kind of flying back and forth both sides, but now I spend more time in Beijing. I have studio in Beijing.
0: You have a studio. Do you uh, teach also to uh, young artists?
1: I taught when I was in Honolulu. Yes, I taught art courses in art department. But since then, no, most time I'm doing my, work, my own work. Yeah. The only student I have is my son and my daughter.
0: <laughs> and uh, how old are they?
1: Oh, my son's 23, my daughter 22 now.
0: So they've been in France? Greatly by
1: you? No, 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 no. they just, uh, you know, learn art as a hobby. It's not that they are a professional major. No, they choose different major.
0: Are you happy with the decision?
1: Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy they have idea to choose themselves by them, not like me. I listen to my daddy.
0: <laughs> so is your dad who uh, told you to go into uh, art?
1: on the country. My dad told me when the first year, 77, when the first time China reopened its policy to let everybody have a chance to join this university examination, which is competition uh, examination, so you have chances to get into university. And uh, because big cultural revolution, we have what we call this 10 years collection, because almost in 10 years, nobody have a chance to go to university. All of a sudden you say yes. So it's like the competitors are extremely high. And uh, I was pretty good on everything. Then my dad instructed me specifically, you can do anything but not art and <laughs> not the culture. <laughs> because Sorry. he was hurt from too many political movements, especially because of Russia. He wanted me to live peacefully. He wanted me to live safe. He said, don't deal with human beings. Deal with machine only. So I listened to him. I went to an engineering university. I was pretty good at passing exam. I went to a very famous engineering university. But in the last four years, I discovered I'm no longer becoming number one. i always number one, whatever I do. <laughs> but in last four years, I, I don't think so. I was really kind of depressed after I graduated from there. It just happened because I was in that university. I bring honor, honor to, the, to that engineering university because I joined the calligraphy competition. I got the first place in our states. I got the second place in na- nation. So the university all of a sudden realized they have someone very valuable there and they don't want me to leave. They offer me a teaching job in that university. So I work in the, for them. But I still didn't give up my art career. So I find the chances I went to art school to study another two years. Then I met a few American you know, foreign students. They're my English teachers. In early 80s, they told me there's a way you can pass English TOEFL test, then you can go to America to study your art. So, in order to go to America, you have to pass the TOEFL. In order to pass TOEFL, I have to study English hard, so hard. I remember I memorized a small dictionary, entire dictionary, which worked. Then I passed the TOEFL. Then I got my scholarship, then I went to America. I always tell my kids this story. They say, "No way, we're not going to memorize that dictionary. No way." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how many pages? Uh, no, it's, it's it's it's
1: it's like a middle school, a high school dictionary from Hong Kong. It's a pretty big one, actually. I I memorized the whole thing, whole thing. <laughs>
0: how long did you uh, take you to memorize this dictionary? Uh,
1: I not too long. I think maybe three months, or. A few months, every single day, because by that time we have nothing but meetings. Every day is political meetings. So when I have my meetings, I do I do make many many small cards. One side Chinese, one side English. I memorize them every single day during the meetings.
0: And how long did the, the meetings will last for?
1: Well, good question. They last quite a while. I think the first year I went to America, I felt my English goes, go down, you know, goes back because I started to forget all these memories, it
0: <laughs> And how did you feel when they told you that you had passed the exam?
1: Yeah, well, that was very happy, but it's not that happy, you know, when just, that was just step one. You pass the exam, then you have to wait until the day. school accept you school accepted, then you have to wait, wait until you got a visa, right? So it's one by the other, you have to wait. Oh,
0: step by step. Yeah, step by it's step. A, yeah. Some weeks, and then after you finally yeah, arrived, got a uh,
1: visa, yes.
0: And what were your first impressions when you first arrived?
1: My impression with other people probably different, because I re- I landed Honolulu, I step out of the airport, I see all the immigration, green, immigration officials, looks like me. Like the Chinese sit there. I say, shoot, is this America? <laughs> because Honolulu is wonderful. 60-70% people, Asian people there. So there are states of America, but they are very different.
0: So did you, did you feel at home there?
1: Yes, indeed. I still considering Honolulu is my second home right now.
0: So were you able to, to eat some uh, food from uh, Qinghang? By
1: 1986, that's a different story, because I was very, very early group Chinese students were there, and you don't have information. Nobody tells you where to buy food, where to find a Chinese restaurant, I know nothing. so I. I remember I ate in cafeteria for like an uh, entire semester. So from day one, not day one, I mean, first couple of weeks, I felt the food is great. A month later, you know, it's not that great. And three months, you were really sick. You know? <laughs> and uh, I remember I was very poor. I don't have that much money. And then I spending every single day, day, I spending 50 cents. Buy one orange, buy one apple from machine. I put one quarter, they come out apple. I put another quarter, they come orange. And until a couple of months later, someone told me, you can go to the market, they sell a pound, 25 cents. I said, shoot, I don't know <laughs> there's a market.
0: <laughs> so but this period must have been uh, difficult and it must have had um, an effect on your, um, on your body, on your artwork, I suppose.
1: Of course, all these experiences, you know, is deeply affected on my art career. I think somehow I'm the guy very greedy. I love all the good things. You know, I was joking with a friend of mine the other day. I said, well, you know, in life you love lots of beauty for women, but you only can choose one. If you want more than one, it's not going to work. So what are you gonna do? Then you do your art. You make a fake one. I love so many things. I love traditional Chinese art, you know, paintings, ink paintings, calligraphy, all this all tradition. I love contemporary American abstract expression. I like conceptual art. I like this minimum art. I love so many things. But in art, yes, I try to find a way combine all the best together to make a fake one. Maybe fake is real. This is another issue, a very philosophical issue. So I, make, I put them all together, try to find a way. And uh, I'm very happy with what I'm doing today is I think everything I loved, I, everything happened in my life, I can transform them into what I do.
0: Do you have some advice for um, young artists? whenever they're in in China or Europe or America and they want to be, they have a message and they want to take the next step?
1: Yes, I do. Because this issue, I deal with my kids all the time. I think most important is you have to be very sure what is your love. What is you truly love to do? What type of thing? You know, it's not necessary, it has to be art. If it happened, is art, lucky you. You can be your to cooking, or can be your do computer, can be any profession, if you truly love it. I read the other day from Mark Twain. and he said something like, uh, there's two days are most important for everyone. The day of your born, and the day of you realize why you're born. So everybody have a mission. I told myself, i born for what I do because I'm good. I was very well trained. And I have half of my lifetime living in America, half a lifetime living in China. I can't kind of really cross these two cultures. I understand them in quite in depth. So it's my mission. And I hope, you know, for the. Young young people, when you choose your profession, first you really have to make sure what you want, what is your mission. Secondly, never give up. Never. Always insist. You make it, great. You didn't make it, also great, because you tried already.
0: And so now you're back uh, in Beijing tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow at 8 o'clock.
0: 8 o'clock, so... What
1: is the next step? Next step, first see my daughter, <laughs> to catch up with her, and also I have unfinished lot of work in Beijing. I need to keep doing what I'm doing.
0: Do you have um, something in mind for your next uh, exposition?
1: Yes, I do. Um, because it, it's 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 interesting. It's not use words hard. It's interesting what I do is, I'm not. I don't want to, to Chinese way. And also I don't want to American way either. So I always try to find balance between, you know, you can't recognize neither of them. So this is the interesting part. Recently, you know, with this, my newly work, I started to get another step of this issue. It's hard to explain it, but this is what i concern daily, right now.
0: So you were born in China, you did half of your life in America. And as an artist, as an artist do you feel stuck into two boxes like you? Did? Some people will say, oh, he's an American artist. Others will say, you're a Chinese artist. What do you say?
1: That's a good question. I always felt I live writing by age, you know, in America, I don't think I belong to the mainstream. In China, I felt same way. So we're the group of people always write live the age. But also on the other hand, this is very good for me to practice what I do. You know, I don't go to either way. It's like, uh, you're always looking for between always look, keep the possibility of changing that's my interest is in right now
0: so do you think that both worlds can uh, live, go, can exist yes.
1: most people say no they never can combine but I don't think so I believe there is a way to combine them, and I'm confident there is a way, that's why I'm still keep trying, I'm still doing and also that's that is why I believe that's what value of what my work is.
0: Last question Where
1: is home? I did a piece you know, it was a very big one hung on my wall. home, so where is a home? You know, I for my definition home is somewhere you can do what you love to do you can stay with your family together and uh, you can have the best people you loved around as your friend that is home
0: so anyway thank you very much
1: thank you everybody have a mission i wish everybody reached their mission in life and also I want to thanks to anyone who listened to this. Thanks to everyone who listened to Postcon RAF Media Group.